Tehillim Perekav Aleph. This is one of these Mizmorim where we can see a connection between two Mizmorim. Both Mizmorim Kaf and Kaf Aleph deal with the nation praying for or on behalf of the king. We also even have a similar structure where we also have two sections in this Mizmor. The first section being a description of how lucky and happy the king is because he's blessed by God. And then the second section being a prayer for the king to be saved from his enemies, similar to what we heard in Perek Kaf as well. We can look at this Mizmor and pay attention to the point of view through which it's said. And by looking at these shifting points of views, we can see the structure of the Mizmor, as well as possibly a theme um, for what this Mizmor is all about. So if you look, you'll see that in the first section of the Mizmor, which is basically from Pasuk Bet till Pasuk Zayin, Hashem is addressed in the second person, so we're requesting something of God, while the king is described or mentioned in the third person. So, for example, Hashem be'ozecha yismach melech, so Hashem be'ozecha, we're addressing God, um, and through Hashem's greatness, uh, the king will be happy. So in this case, right, the we pray to Hashem and the king will be happy because of the blessings from Hashem. Then the next section seems to be Pesukim Chet till Yud Gimel. But really we could see Pasuk Chet as somewhat of a transition Pasuk because in this Pasuk both the king and Hashem are referred to in third person. We'll speak about that more later on when we get till Pasuk Chet. Um, and then the rest, which is Pesukim Tet to Gimel, the point of views switch. In this closing section, the king is addressed in second person, and Hashem is referred to in third person. So this time we're blessing the king um, so that he be victorious over his enemies, and we'll see that this blessing will stem from God. Then in the last Pasuk, which we can say is part of the second section, we close with a prayer to Hashem, which is very reminiscent of the closing pasuk of Mizmor Kaf as well. So when we have this constant shifting, um, or shifting the focus from Hashem to the king and the king to Hashem, we see that there's two focal points to the Mizmor, Hashem and the king. And this emphasizes the connection between God and the Merach Yisrael. We know that in Shemuel there was tension over whether or not to appoint a king. We know that David spent a lot of time showing that he was God's king, that in order to be successful, one has to follow God's path. And we see this in this Mizmor as well, that the success of Melech Yisrael surrounds this point of the connection between Hashem and the king. The king is a designee of Hashem. He is not a replacement of God. His success depends on encouragement and support from God, and he can only be granted that success if he follows in God's path. And furthermore, when God's king is successful, that is a kiddush Hashem. When other nations can see Machut Israel being successful, then God's name is glorified as well. Um, so as I mentioned, this is talking about the king. It can be a general king, Rashi and Radak, both say that this could be in reference to the future king, to Mashiach. 
Uh, but what's interesting is that the Radak actually says that this Mizmor was used by uh, Christianity to prove the, as, as a support for Yeshu. And the Radak then goes to offer a kind of small polemic showing how each line of this Mizmor actually does not refer to Yeshu, but re rather refers to a Jewish king or perhaps the Jewish Mashiach. But you will not find that in all of your Radaks because the Radak is censored. So in order to see that, you would need to see a more modern edition of the Radak. Pasuk Al, Lamnatech Mizmor David to the lead player David Sam. Pasuk Bet, Adonai Be'ozecha Yismach Melech. Hashem, in your strength, the king rejoices. So he, the king, he is joyful because you give him strength. Typically, uh, citizens will be happy because their kings are successful. But our king, the Jewish king, recognizes that his strength and success stems from Hashem. And in your salvation, oh, how happy he will be. We see the words Oz and Yeshua in this pasuk. These are words that are often associated with military might or with um, military salvation. This will set up our Mizmor as one in which we ask for the military success of the king against his enemies. So we heard that he's happy in Hashem's salvation, and we will now continue to hear details of this Yeshua, and we'll constantly be brought back to this pasuk by uh, a few cases of the word ki, where we have elaborations throughout the next few pesukim of why the king is so happy and joyful to be blessed by Hashem. Pasuk Gimel, Ta'avat libona tatalo, his heart's desire you gave to him, reminding us of our previous mizmor, Yitenecha kilvavecha, so you give him whatever his heart desires, va'areshet sifatav balmanat ha'sela, and the expression of his lips, you did not withhold sela. So the word areshet is one which is only found here in this mizmor. And Rashi, Radak, the Mitzodot all have similar translations where they relate this word to speech or the expression of a request. Pasuk Dalet. Ki tikadimenu berachot tov, tashit lerosho ateret paz. For you came before him with blessings of bounty. You placed on his head a crown of, of pure gold. So before he even asked, right in the previous pasuk, we saw that he was requesting things or his heart desired things. But even before he asked, Hashem answered him or Hashem presented him with beracha. This is showing us an even greater amplification of the good that Hashem is doing to this king. And then the ateret, which is the crown of gold, so you're giving him glory, you're giving him milucha, and now we'll hear more specifics about the beracha in the next pasuk. Hey, chayim sha'al mimecha natata lo, orech yamim olam va'ed. Life, he requested of you, you gave it to him. Long life forever. So forever can mean that he has a very long-lasting kingdom, that people continue to be blessed from him even after he dies, or perhaps that his children will continue along in his kingdom. And this request for life is a fitting one for a king who's beset by enemies, constantly worried for his survival. And we'll see not only will he have life, 
But in the next pasuk, we'll see, he will also have respect and glory. Pasuk Bav, Gadol Kivodo Bishuatecha, Hod Vehadar Tashve Alav. Great is his honor in your salvation, glory and grandeur you bestowed on him. Again, we're emphasizing that the kavod of the king stems from Hashem. And Hod Vehadar, this is a phrase connoting glory, this is, and these words are synonyms. We see this combination elsewhere in Tehilim as well. Pasuk Zayin, for you granted him blessings forever, you will make him rejoice with happiness in your presence. So we said we granted him blessings forever, right? The tishiteu can be to grant him, but we've previously translated tashit as placed. So we could also read that phrase as similar to the blessing of v'hayeh beracha, um, and that the king will have many blessings and other people will be blessed because of him. And we see that the rejoicing of the king comes from panecha, comes from that, the feeling of ya'er Hashem panav, from the beracha that Hashem bestows on him, not from his personal success. We're now going to move from the first section of the Mizmor where we address Hashem and the king is mentioned in third person to the second half where the king is the one being addressed. In between these two sections, we have Pasukhet in which both Hashem and the king are referred to in the third person. Pasukhet Ki ha-melech boteach badonai uvchesed elyon bal yimot For the king trusts in Hashem and in the kindness or protection of Elyon, Hashem, he will not fail. So he trusts in gods, he doesn't trust in other gods, he doesn't trust in his own might, he doesn't trust in the victories of man. So this transitional pasuk can be seen as a closing to the first section in the sense of this trust is why he deserves all of the beracha and glory, or we can look at it as a preface to the next section, where we can see this as a justification to why the king should be saved from his enemies. Since he completely trusts in God for his protection, we say, Hashem, please give him that protection and make him victorious. Pasuk Tet, Timsa yadecha lechol oyevecha. Your hand should suffice to find out all of your enemies. Yeminecha timsa soneecha. Your right hand should suffice to find out all of your foes. So that your hand should find out all of your enemies, meaning you should be able to fight and conquer your enemies on your own. You should be able to have victory. You should place them, the enemies, like a fiery kiln or a stove at the time of your anger. So this image can be saying the enemy should be totally destroyed just like the fire completely is consumed or consume whatever is inside the oven. Adonai be'apo yevale'em v'tochlem ish. Hashem and his anger will devour them and fire will consume them. The language of this part of the pasuk is reminiscent of the language used for the punishment of Korach v'adato. Perhaps what this language and this pasuk is pointing out is that rebelling against the king is tantamount to rebelling against the Kohen, 
both the king and the Kohen being designees of Hashem. And we've, something that we've been seeing throughout the Mizmor, that the Melech Yisrael is the Melech for Yisrael, but appointed by the true Melech Hashem. After requesting that the enemy be destroyed, we continue with the request that their children or their fruits, their success, also be destroyed from the land. Yud Aleph, Piryamo me'eretz te'abed, vizar'am mibene adam. Their fruit from the land you destroy, and their seed or their offspring from among men. The enemies and their children will be destroyed, as opposed to the king who will live a long life and continue his berachot after he dies. Pasuk Yud Bet, kinatu chashivu mezima bal yuchalu. So why do they deserve this punishment? For the evil they plotted against you, devised schemes they could not fulfill. So this Bal Yuchalu is letting us know when the enemies plot against the Mashiach Hashem, Bal Yuchalu, it will not be possible for them. There is no way they will be victorious when Hashem is backing up his king. Pasuk Yod Gimel, al for you will make them turn back. With your bow, you will aim at their face. We've seen before that describing the back, the enemy's back is a description of shame or a description of retreat. We see the enemy's back as they flee. And the aimed bows are the reason that they are fleeing. So this is really the end of the request that the enemies be destroyed. And we close the Mizmor with another request to Hashem, reverting back to the original point of view of the Mizmor. It's a closing pasuk of a kind of strong, triumphant prayer, just like we saw at the end of Mizmor Kaf. Pasuk Yodalid, Ruma Adonai Be'uzecha, Nashira Unizamira Giburatecha. Be elevated, Hashem, in your strength. Let us sing and him in your strength. Throughout the Mizmor, we've seen the relationship between the success of the king and Hashem. We've seen mainly that the king's success is dependent on Hashem. And here, we have a final plea with the people saying, when the king is victorious, when everything in the previous Pesukim is fulfilled, then Ruma Adonai, Hashem will be elevated and his name made great. So we've really seen throughout the Mizmor with the fluctuation in the addressing the king, addressing God, praying to God on behalf of the king, that there's really a close relationship between the success of the king and Hashem, and that a Melech Yisrael is one who realizes that his Giburah and success comes from God, and that in order to attain this Giburah, he must follow God's path. And then somewhat reciprocally, Hashem's name is also made great throughout the land when his people and his king are successful.